Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Je parle couramment sass, aussi français. I could really use a helping hand. <laughs> you guys, both of those things are going to make us make more sense in two seconds. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 106, which I would say in French, but I don't know how because I forgot <laughs> to Google Translate it. Um, guys, it's AG106. I'm about to hop on a PJ, just kidding, Air France economy, um, but wanted to absolutely kiki with one of my absolute faves, um, to my pal, Ryan Houlihan. <laughs> I don't know if that works. I'm so excited for you because I just got back from Paris and it is like a wonderful dream, wonderful and place. This is happening, by the way, because of you, because a friend of yours tweeted you and said there are cheap flights to Paris. And then you and I probably saw that message at the same time because I do stalk you on Twitter <laughs> at Ryan Houlihan. And so I was like, how cheap? And then I was like, oh, cheap, like, like cheap, 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 cheap. So I got an Air France round trip ticket for 350 American dollars, which is also known as like 50 euro. But it's, it's cool, guys. It's cool. I love that exchange rate. Um, so I'm going literally right after we record. I mean, here's the greatest thing is that in France, you can go down and purchase breakfast for one euro and it is the best fucking breakfast you've ever had in your life. Here's the problem is that I went to Paris the fr- and I said I sort of forced you to record today because the last time we recorded, I went to Paris and I was like, let's keep up the good <laughs> work. Um, but when I went in September is the first time I'd ever gone. And it's like you go to their version of a bodega, which is like the cutest little fruit markets on the corners. And you have grapes that are the best grapes you'll ever have in your entire life. I didn't know that we don't eat 
what we eat isn't food in America until I went to Europe and I was like, oh, this is I ate a strawberry and I was like, oh, it tastes like what strawberries taste like when they're jam. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or like in a candy. In a cartoon. It's like a cartoon taste. Like It's actually even better. In like a Disney movie, a picture of a strawberry, when you eat it in Paris, (laughs) it's like what you actually, it's like the actual. This is such a not relatable conversation, but it's 100% true. Yeah, no, it's a thousand percent true. So, Ryan, tell the people how you almost died and how it so, ties into Real Housewives. So, I was watching. I was having a very lazy day, um, and my fiance had been on Long Island for two days, and I had let the apartment sort of do what it would. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, it's time to fake that I'm a normal person before he gets home." So I was like, "Let me clean. I'll get it like really spotless," because uh, he was going to be home in a few hours. So I put on some Vanderpump rules, as one does. Oh, my God. You were um, triggered by James. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, when am I not? So I'm, like, shaking and crying, but still doing the dishes. And I'm, like, laughing my head off, but still doing the dishes. But, of course, like, it's great TV. But I can't even blame it on that. Um, I So I'm watching, but then um, I get to the end of the episode. So my hands are all slippery. So I turn that thing off. And then I go, and I'm like, oh, I got to finish so I can go get something else to watch. So I start doing it faster. And then a tumbler glass broke in my hand <gasps> as I was reaching like into it with oh the sponge. Oh my god, Ryan Houlihan! And my hand spent the rest of Sunday being like stitched back together. We're gonna take a photo after I look like death walking. I'm one of those people when I get on a flight, I'm like, let me look as decrepit as humanly possible. And yes, I am single. Who would enjoy being on a flight to Japan in full hair and makeup, even if you could afford it? It would never be comfortable in heels. Do they not have zits? Honestly. <laughs> Is it like, or is, do they just, I, I don't even, I don't even know. It doesn't make sense what, to me. At what point can you bribe your face to just never get sits? I mean, I do love that you look fully, how do the young kids call it? Beat? Beat, yeah. Like your face is amazing and you have this wonderful little cast situation on your paw. I keep thinking that if I, if I dress myself up a little bit, like it will help, but it's only harder to do. Why I would do the reverse, which is like now this gives me the freedom to do absolutely oh, nothing. If I'm leaving the house, I'm getting everything done. But this weekend, I'm three day weekend. Not I, I love my mother. I'm not going home. I'm not doing anything. Like I need like time off. But if I have to get up and go to work or meetings or like record this or like record my podcast, I'm gonna like do the whole day. So like everything I have to do today is getting done. Oh my god! Well, because like leaving the house is such a fucking nightmare. I mean, even amen. opening the front door, I can't carry a coffee out the door with me. I have to put the coffee down, open the door, pick the coffee up, put the coffee outside the door, close the door. It's fucking a nightmare. Also, we live in New York City, which is the worst place in the universe. I got into a conversation with some people at, um, I cheated on CBS with Dwayne Reed yesterday and had like the most fabulous people in the store. And we were just talking to each other and yelling at each other about how, who hates New York City more. I mean, because that's, <laughs> that's essentially what it is at the end of the day. It's a competition to figure out who hates living here more as we seemingly continue to choose living in a place we hate so much? See, that's not their reward. That's the struggle. The reward is when you go somewhere else and you see another New Yorker and you're like, God, I fucking hate this place. New York's the <laughs> best place in the world. And then you high five with your functional hand and you go home. When I was in Paris in September, my l- last day when I was just shopping all day, every day, um, I was talking to this like woman at a my one of my favorite um, shops and she's like, where are you from? I said, New York City. And she was like, oh, my God, I would love to. Oh, my God, it's my dream. And I was like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? I live in like 
Kosovo during the struggle. I am in a war zone. <laughs> like never, hashtag never forget. It's like when people want to be, little kids want to be medieval knights and you're like, I would hate to tell you about all the pestilence. <laughs> it's not just about an extra large chicken leg or whatever had, for dinner. I had that exact conversation in Versailles. The Palace of Versailles, a girl who worked there was like, I was just in New York and I would love to go back. And I was like, switch passports. Like, I let's know, seriously, switch lives. Can we be like, what's that Kate Winslet movie with um, oh, The Cameron Holiday? Day? Yes. That can was we just um, have a forever holiday? That was a, I went on a first date to that <gasps> in like secret. Oh, yes. Wait, in secret? Because I was like out of the closet, but my parents weren't <gasps> ready to see me date. Yes. Did you have sex after? Because I feel like that movie could kind of like. We made out and held out. hands, but then his mom was like waiting for him. In, oh, you were like 14? In the car. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I love it. Like that. a child. <gasps> I'm obsessed. Um, okay, you guys. So, speaking of holidays and all things amazing, this is in no way related to what we were just talking about. Guys, if you live in London Town or Germany or Australia and you want to come to the first ever Andy's Girls Fan Kiki, it's going to be this Sunday, May 12th at 7 p.m. And the location is disrepute in Soho. So it's not too late to RSVP. Just email andysgirlsshow at gmail.com. That's andysgirlsshow at gmail.com. It's going to be a very casual. We're just going to like sit at a little table and have some drinks. I may or may not have alcohol. I don't. It genuinely, my neurosystem, nervous system is like day to day. So we're just going to play it out. But I will pretend that much like Jesus Christ, I can turn water into Prosecco. How has disrespect repute in Soho not been the title of an episode of Real Housewives of New York I City. I think it is in fact the title of this week's Andy's Girls because I think we have some stuff to repute. To dig into. To dig into. Um. So honestly Ryan where do you want to start? We have Potomac. We have Beverly Hills. Honestly you know what I actually want to start with Pump Rules. We have Portia. We have New York. Yeah we got to start with Pump Rules if, if only because um they sent me a message through that glass this weekend. Yeah, they said... <laughs> Take them seriously. Pay the fuck attention. Lisa Vanderpump was like, I know how you feel about this dog situation, and I'm going to cut you like I wish I could, Dorit. And that is what is happening. Okay, so guys, I have so many satchels. I do, though, want to look into... If you follow me on Instagram with about... Which some of you do. A couple of you do. I've been... Po- I posted a bunch of stories, uh, story polls in, ad- in anticipation of today. One was... Who Whose side, Jax or James? 28% said Jax. 72% said James. I said, do you want to see Rand on pump rules? 39% said yes. 61% said no. Do you think James cheated on Raquel? 93% said yes. And 7% said no. So Raquel now follows me apparently on Instagram because she has to be a part of that um, oh, 7%. No. So anyway, just wanted to slide into all of our um, poll-related election results. So tell me all of your thoughts. I thought, let me just slide into mine. I thought episode one was amazing, of the reunion was amazing. It was like... I feel like I've spent all year like I'm in I'm in the wilderness. It's freezing. I'm in, like in the Arctic wilderness. Like I'm in like Alaska, and there's a little warmth coming from a tiny flame, and I've been like up against it. Whatever. Yes. This was like the heat of a thousand suns scorching Wasn't my face it off. Crazy. It was such a good reward for having slogged through. It's still an eight out of ten, right, but, but not Vanderpump. It was rules. a little meandering. They're growing up. The kids are growing up, and I'm not quite ready to schlep them, ship them off to kindergarten or whatever. Yeah, it had the drama pre-K. level of like Summer House, not Vanderpump oh, Rules. Oh, that is 
mean. <laughs> and I I, I don't say this lightly. Like I want I want I really like about the show that it reveals like the psychology behind these people and behind a generation of people. And like I have moments in every episode until this season of being like, that's who you are. The core of who Kristen Doty is, is like ripping through cigarettes next to a dumpster, calling other people's family and flying them in. There's something in every episode that I'm like, that's who this person is. This season has been a lot of busy work. But not necessarily anything revealing. I think that like they're getting too chummy with each other and too chummy with production, who's like doing them some favors and like Jax wants to look like a good guy. Let's do an editing montage of him helping Britney. Like that stuff, I have no interest in. That's not what the show is. So this episode, this reunion, I think they understood. They heard what we were saying, and by the time they got to the editing of this reunion, they pulled no punches. These people acted like monsters. Jax acted like like we saw this whole facade all season. Jax put on this beautiful, delicate mask of like a nice man, and he just ripped it off because James like poked him in two seconds. So I totally hear you. I also felt like James, how much of this is playing up for the camera, which I know a large part of it is because he needs to stay on the show for himself and apparently his family. And how much of it is him just being an awful demon like he's the demon that that woman said Stasi can become like he is the actual dark passenger or whatever the yeah. fuck it is he's I think a, and this is not an excuse I think he's a deeply damaged person who now is inflicting that on like everyone like like just does not give a shit it's just an open wound he's like a wounded bear but that's kind of who Jax was and maybe still is and so even when James is doing some of the most <laughs> like disrepute just some of the most unforgivable things I've ever oh seen on God. television and I just got through that episode of Real Housewives of New York even when he's doing that I think like Jax has done worse stuff like every single thing Jax accused him of even the things that aren't accusations as much as they are teasing like he's like your family sucks nobody likes you you might be gay like those things that he was bullying him for it was like that's also true of you Jax I mean, I hear you, but I also think when Jack's fucked up, I would get so angry and furious, but it didn't make me feel emotionally uncomfortable. And yeah. James... Because Jax is going to be okay. Jax is going right, to Jax. He's, James could right. fall off of a subway platform. I also wonder, like, how much pain is James actually inflicting? Like, Jax obviously inflicted a ton of pain, cheating on people, lying to this day, lying during the episode. I mean, it seems like he really did create that Twitter account, which makes oh, him look like a piece of shit God. because his cell phone was attached to it. I mean, crazy shit is happening, and I do believe that he will remain a sociopath um, who we love to hate but with James I'm like it just it comes from such a dark place like when I look at Jax I think he's manic and he's insane and like whatever but when I look at James he just feels so dark to me it just makes me feel uncomfortable I, just I honestly think he's feel uncomfortable never, he's never in his life had stability and I again this isn't an excuse I think he as an explanation his parents were unstable. He like went away to school. That's no not stability where he was viciously bullied, not stable. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that. This is like his reaction to it. And yeah. then he got on the show at 22 partying his ass off because of a friend of a friend 
Because he was fucking Kristen. Yeah. And, and he but was he got into Max. Lisa's circle yeah. through like blackmail through his parents who like clearly don't have any emotion for him approaching love. Totally. And he's 22. He's partying his, his mind off. He's finally, finally making some money, just like enough to exist. And then he's pushed on television with literal sociopath. I'm not saying I'm making excuses for him. I think he's a terrible person who deserves consequences. But... The, like, it, I, I understand how he got there. Do you know what I mean? For a long time, I was trying to put together the pieces of, like, how did someone like this exist? That's the question I'm always asking myself. When I see Kelly Cloran Ben Simone running through the street <laughs> in the middle of the road in New York City. One of the best moments in I'm like, Housewives. How did we get here? Ever. Over our course of 45 years, what led us here? With James, it seems like a pretty, I mean, it's a winding road, but it's also a pretty straight shot of just like abuse, neglect, abuse, neglect, abuse, neglect. Finally, he's kind of good looking and he has a chance at like belonging somewhere and a little bit of money and substance abuse issues. And it's like... It's not shocking. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's always those, like, conspiracy theories to, like, uh, Courtney Love kill Kurt Cobain. It's like, well, he was a highly depressed artist who talked about suicide a lot and was on heroin. So it's like, no, Occam's Razor says. And I just think with with James, it's like Occam's Razor just says that he is, like, so severely psychologically damaged that I don't even think it comes out of malice. With Jax, I think sometimes he gets off a little on, like, hurting people. You don't think James is enjoying this calling Britney a bitch and saying that she's not she's ugly and stuff it just was i think it's reactionary and to us we don't see the things that he's seeing that are slights no that's true or bullying little things and i do think they gaslight him a little bit with them all being like i've never done anything like that or like what you did was so much more over the line no that's true and so his reaction because it's probably what we've seen of his mother she's gaslit him his whole life the things that my mom did that were like minor mistakes in parenting, I have oversized reactions to as an adult. I think these are major mistakes and he's having even bigger reactions because he's got like even less like therapy and like, you know, personal growth not to be like an asshole, but he's less no, personal growth than totally. I do. And like it, so I just, I, I, to me, I just see a person that is lashing out, but the minute that it's over, you can see regret. When he went to the, the bar where like t- the Toms were and he was going to apologize for stuff with Katie and Lisa was there and he was trying to be like, you know, I'm not drinking now and blah, blah, blah. He ended up getting into a screaming match of some kind with Tom. And it was like, you could see the minute he walked out the door, he was like, fuck, I really wanted that to go well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think I see him and I'm like, this is a person that needs help. Whereas I think no amount of help is going to help Jax. I don't think any amount of help. I think Jax likes hurting people. Jax is self-involved. He's either a sociopath or a narcissist. And like at that point, like you can train them like puppies, but you can't. That's what Brittany's doing. Yeah. You can't. You can reward them. You can teach them like when you break the rules, you get hurt and then they don't want to break the rules. But they don't learn to like like love other people for the fulfillment you get from that or like empathy. I think James has those things. He's just they're so underdeveloped. But I think with a lot of help and support, get him off the show, get him into a recovery program get him in therapy even like a sober living facility and over time he might like self-actualize and become a real artist i don't see that for jacks so with james it's like they both deserve to see the same consequences because they've done the same stuff but with him i just think i see someone who's trying so hard to be the right kind of person he doesn't know how to tell raquel this relationship isn't going to work but he doesn't want to hurt her so he keeps trying to make it work and it's just so sad whereas jacks is like fully like just fucking faith in front of an old woman while whispering how much oh he hates his God. future fiance. The thing I totally agree with That's you. It's a total rant, but no, I, no, I, I take I that show make, so seriously because I no, see I so much of myself. To. I think you have to. And 
the thing though with James, which is a point that Stasi either brought up during the reunion or on like the after show or might have been in her interview with Jenny McCarthy somewhere that I saw. She brings up the point that ultimately James is not actually in their friend group. And the thing with yeah. Jax is even if he's so fucking insane and and broken he's and there whatever. Insane. He's, he's there, there insane, insane brother. And he brings with him 20 years because he's yeah. 75 years old right now. <laughs> so he met these people when he was 55. Look at him. Fresh as a daisy. I just wonder understanding that some people find James entertaining. Some people don't. How is this going to work if He's making no attempt to be friends with these people, minus Sandoval and Ariana. How is all of this going to work if he's not organic? And I know that like Lala wasn't like we've gone past iPhone generation one. We're a couple generations in, but Lala not being an OG has at least tried to ingratiate herself after a horrific yeah, she first made a, season. She made a monetary trade of one private jet for your for basic respect. <laughs> and <laughs> And that is a language they understand. I think James's mistake is trying to like kick it with the boys and get. I see this because I am a hundred percent this person. His mistake is instead of just being himself, hanging out with the people who like him, which is like Tom Sandoval and Ariana seem to genuinely see things in James that they like have feelings for, um, some sort of empathy for. Instead of hanging out with those people and fostering his relationship with Lala, who keeps trying to reach out even in a shitty way, and, you know, doing what James does, hanging out with Billy Lee, doing on some cool adventures with the two of them, new Team Rocket or something. But instead of doing the things that, like, naturally, and then letting the good parts of you naturally attract people, he goes too far trying to get people to like him. And I see myself, because that was a a younger me, that is 100% younger me, where he's like, can I come? Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, boys walking, do shot. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you. And then when he fucks up, he gets so mad at the people who he perceives a slight because he just wants some kind of validation. And when he doesn't get it, and instead he just gets a little slight or a little like bullying or even light teasing, he's like, oh, so you don't like me. And like that like bully mentality comes over him. And then he's just like, I'll be a bigger bully. And it's just like... It, You know, and I look at like Stassi and it's like years ago, Stassi had a similar but different problem, which is like she had to be the queen bee. She had to be in charge. Mm -hmm. She had to be the leader of the pack. Mm -hmm. And to establish that she would do anything, say anything. And then later we found out that the reason she felt that way because she was desperate for control in a relationship that was highly abusive and she had no control. And she knew to get off the show because she wasn't in a good place. And a lot of people, I think, think that she got off of the show because she thought she was too big for it. I think she was like, my life is spiraling out. It's only getting worse. These people do not have my best interest at heart. And she didn't know what to do. And she made the wrong choice, which was instead of like take a little break, go back to like – find something else to do with your life in the same area, maybe be a friend of on the show, like slowly transition. She did a big jump and we all do that in our twenties. But when she came back, she had had some personal growth and now she realizes that she was in a bad pattern. And now that she's in a healthy relationship and working on herself in some capacity, we can see that she's a completely different person. I think like that, like James doesn't know how to do that. I think currently Lala, her sobriety seems pretty good, but I don't think Lala knows that like this Randall relationship doesn't seem to be very healthy for her. It's that doesn't not compatible with her goals or her job, except superficially. And like, it's the same thing with Kristen. Kristen doesn't seem to have grown at all. And she's older than all of them. And Kristen doesn't seem. And so when I look at them, I just, I see like just things that I feel like I relate to myself and like James, James's whole thing of needing to be liked. I don't know how you get over that in a scenario where you're being paid to be these people's friends. 
Like he has trouble making friends, it seems like, or like trouble needing validation. And then to be paid and told like, well, you can only shoot if you're friends with these people. Now he's got double incentive. So he's pushing so hard. And when it doesn't work, he gets even more upset. He's got anger issues. He's substance issues. I just, I think he's the most fascinating person on the show currently. Like, I could do without Katie most of the time. I think, like, Tom Schwartz, I like having him around, but there's not right, a ton to, a like, dig into. He's a labradoodle. I think their relationship together has some juice there. But, like, you know, not as, I think James is right now, like, the character where I'm like, this guy is so layered and, like, his behavior is so dark. I don't know. I have a couple satchels of gold that I want to talk about. Um, Okay, here's a satchel from Lisa Evansville, Indiana. I don't condone any of the horrible things that James says to women or anyone else, but these other assholes get away with being disgustingly horrible. I can't hardly stand to watch... them come after him he apologizes and tries to be civil but they keep egging him on and on until he explodes again and says something horrible and then he says he takes back the apology and then they say see he doesn't care one person can only take so much bashing he clearly cares and wants to be friends with these people but they make it impossible i do think that james can be a complete asshole but tom and ariana are correct when they say that everybody else does the same thing i can't stand lala and i have never liked her oh and i think it's a joke that she thinks that um Ryan, wait, Ryan? And she thinks that Ryan and his I can't stand Lala. And Oh, I don't know what happened there. And I think it's a joke that she thinks, oh, she thinks that Rand is too big and has too much to protect to be on the show. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Sorry, Rand has been on other reality shows. And frankly, like, Vanderpump Rules is a step up for Rand. Rand might have some money or some, like, producer titles. But, like, I know a lot of producers. You're not some, like, elite He's not a member of Destiny's Child, is and what I'm saying. Lala said on Jenny McCarthy that she wants to do a spinoff with him and says he would be open to it. So by that um, uh, strategy... They missed their window, which would have been the 50 Cent drama. Oh my God, can you imagine if that had but been recorded? can you believe that the funniest, craziest shit in her life is not on the fucking show? I this know. wouldn't have happened seasons ago. They wouldn't have allowed it. It's, it's not, it is like... Not so. And I am, speaking of all things Rand and Fofty, I am fascinated by the fact that he took out a million dollar loan and hadn't repaid it. So like, where is, so when she's talking about like their engagement story, their proposal story, I'm like, cool. Was this like Fofty's money that was paying for that fireworks along the beach? Because none of this is Because if you had a sense. cool hundred grand to put that whole thing together and pull at, it off. At least. Or even just paying your private jet dues that she's still flying the, fl- fl- floating these right, tickets not, around the group. Right. It's like. A million dollars, it's a lot of money. But when you start doing that no, stuff, it's to, not a lot of not money. Not according to his lifestyle and the lifestyle that she's become accustomed to. I mean, I think it's slightly insane. But when it comes to the rest of what Lisa from Evansville, Indiana is saying, I think a lot of people feel that way. I was surprised by how large the majority was in when I did that poll of Team Jax versus James. I honestly found it surprising because... But I'm also that viewer. I find it surprising because I find James difficult to watch when he's like this. But also I found Kim Richards difficult to watch. I find Brandy Glanville difficult to deal with now because they're such broken people. And I know that that is something that people are attracted to because it's different. And in its own way, it is. It's dynamic. It's dynamic and it's real. But for me, I'm like, oh, this is too much for me. Like, it just feels like it's just too I think James is getting to a place where I was with Kim Richards where I agree where I feel like we're not helping this person we're actually harming them by watching them and I'm not gleaning more than I would 
from someone who was slightly less broken and maybe I knew that they were going to wake up tomorrow. The Kim Richards stuff, we got to a place where I was like, this is irresponsible. I mean, I was, I wrote, oops, I dropped a bottle of water because I was <laughs> with your bad flailing hands. my bad hand <laughs> around. Bad I got to the point that I wrote a spec script pilot about like, is it bad that we enabled Kim Richards for so long? Like I wrote like a fictionalized version of this, but oh at some God. point are the producers like, well, it's better that. that she has a place to be. And it's like, but that place is actively hurting her. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, like, no, you're right. And you're like giving her money for substances like, oh, and she's dating the, you know, never ending stories rock eater or whatever. Um, I have another this and this is another person that I think is team James in this context, a satchel from Megan Boston. Jackson James are the same beast, just in different stages of their lives. Either one of them judging the other is completely laughable. And to see Katie, Kristen and Stassi come to the defense. I know it's for Brittany of Jax is crazy. Don't get me wrong. James is a dumpster fire, but Jax is a straight up monster who obviously hates women just as much as James. Also noticed Ariana was laughing pretty hard when James was making fun of Hillbilly. Brittany could have been editing, but also I was like, yeah. One last thing. I'm sure you've already seen it. Oh, but can you discuss the tweet John Sessa sent about Ariana being disrespectful to Lisa? Her and Kristen's responses are super telling. And I don't know, maybe in being one of those Bravo fans, but that absolutely feels like it came from Lisa. Sorry to flood your DMs. Bye. I mean, John Sessa is a puppet that Lisa keeps in her in her room and she puts it on her hand sometimes to talk. He's the new Brandy. He's the new Dorit. He has an expiration the date. The new Kyle, even. I mean, yeah. He Kyle just grew know. up from that role, but she was in that role for a bit. And the tweet that John Sessa sent was, how disrespectful and disloyal he then tagged Ariana to, and he tagged Lisa Vanderbump, Someone who has given you a job for eight years and countless opportunities. Enjoy your $2 million home. Ariana responded and said, okay, John, we've been friends for years and have had plenty of deep conversations about this stuff. You tweeting this little prepared paragraph instead of just texting me is very telling. Kristen then responded back to them as well and said, this confuses me too. I mean, he's a piece of shit, number one. Let us all not forget that he has a doctor of like fucking international business administration from an online university. So he's not a veterinarian. I know he likes petting puppies. He I don't see him having a lot of business experience except for figuring out a way to wedge his head so far up Lisa Vanderpump's ass that even Camille wouldn't f- be able to figure out how to like remove it afterward. I mean, the woman has a lot of prostate experience is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it just doesn't, it just to me, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so sorry. I'm sorry. It just to me does not make, and I also learned a lot about prostates. It to me, it does not, it just, it's so obviously bullshit. And he drives me fucking insane. He's the Matt of Beverly Hills, like oh, Matt of yeah. Potomac, who's oh, such yeah. a piece of shit. That Have you guy. ever looked at? Wait, we need. We'll, we'll come back. To we'll this come street. back to it. Have you ever looked at Matt's Instagram account? No, should I? Is oh. it just li- literally him <laughs> trying to like fuck Karen? First off, it's official Matt, whatever his last name is. Cute. Um, which like nobody thought there was a fake one <laughs> and then every photo is him with a celebrity who he met backstage somewhere but they're just like a grab back of any name from imdb it's not like wow he's you know rolling with young hollywood he's with those archie so kids much. he is just like here he is with barbara streisand here he is with bella thorne here he is with um like gladys knight oh here's matt hugging um you know nikki hilton and it's just like every photo and you can scroll for years when he just spends his life trying to meet people it's so pathetic when karen called him a coworker, or a colleague or something I'm from the premiere I was like I'm gonna kill myself he this works at your agency it. no he is a friend that she pretends is an intern he works at some talent whatever. agency that she's like signed to fine I don't care yeah. I hate him I want him to go away um, um anyway. anyway John Sessa stuff 
<laughs> same person, different, different franchise city. Um, yeah, the whole thing of like literally ever saying anything to Lisa about any behavior she had, good or bad, is disrespectful. Is fucking insane. Not healthy. And like, frankly, Ariana spent that whole conversation. I think they edited in some like eye rolls and stuff. Yeah. But other than that, she spent the whole conversation being like, I adore you. We are so happy for this opportunity. Do not get me wrong. His name is on a bar. That's incredible. It's just when sometimes when you talk about him, if you could go, if you could pay more attention to the fact that he puts a lot of effort into things. And Lisa was like, Shakuse. <laughs> a2 Brutus. She was so pissed. And I... Because she thinks Vanderpump Rules is like the comfy couch she gets to sit yes. on and be queen. And it's so interesting to me, the timing of this, that they're holding her accountable. Meanwhile, what's going on in Beverly Hills? And guys, it's all about the satchels today. I have a satchel of gold from Jen in Winnipeg, Canada. And she says, I have a satchel of gold for Pump Rules Beverly Hills, um, R-E-L-V-P. Is there a chance or significant chance she is using the depression diagnosis she shared from the reunion of Pump Rules episode as a way to cover her ass for her behavior on Beverly Hills don't get me wrong I believe mental health stuff is super real and totally possible it just feels a little fishy to me because of Lisa's ability to manipulate situations in the past thoughts I think she probably has depression and but I think what this person is hitting on but not realizing what they're hitting on is that you can be mentally ill I am mentally ill I take a pill every day to keep up my depression, keep away my depression and anxiety. Keep to keep it up. Yeah, no, I don't want to break the streak. I don't want to break the streak. I'm so good at being depressed. Why stop now? Um, no, to keep away my depression and anxiety, I do take an antidepressant and um, I have ADHD, so I take um, concentration stuff. Um, but you're also completely accountable for your behavior. Right. And you have to be. Because at the first instance where you're not, you will allow yourself to do more horrible things that will give both you and the people you love negative consequences. And like Lisa can be depressed. She also can have done some bad stuff. Right. I'm still rooting for Lisa for a couple of reasons. But like she did some shitty stuff. Like that's it's it's objective. That's fine. You can we all have do. Sympathy. You can have, flaws. you can have sympathy and empathy for LVP and also hold her accountable for being yes. manipulative. This person emotionally I think hit that that mark, but like it, it it's a logistics thing where you're like, well, do I forgive them or do I not? It's like you can do both. You can make someone have consequences and also like forgive. That's also where Lala was almost there but not quite where she's like I I hope that someone is empathizes and is sympathy for you when your parent dies and it's like sure and Mm -hmm. I get that you were in a lot of pain and I totally see that as real angst but also it does not give you a golden ticket to be a dick you also called her a stupid whore which she's not factually incorrect (laughs) Raquel is doing the when Jax called her useless it was the worst insult of the season because it was also the most accurate Raquel is doing Raquel in her adorable little dress, which you know she thought was like chic AF. Stasi is like dying on the inside. Raquel is doing the best, be best impression of a Melania Trump accessory when she said, prop. Women are very into the workforce now. I can't. When she said with a straight face that we all need to be respectful to each other and hold each other accountable, and she's sitting next to. We don't have time to get into the Met Gala, but is Raquel being extremely boring on reality TV camp? And in that way, is it the most radical thing any of them is doing? By being a complete dumb dumb who couldn't get through the mystery ending of Blue's Clues. (laughs) 
is it is she in fact with that vocal fry parodying unknowingly the entire franchise and frankly is that camp i don't know we can't get into it i'm just asking questions we're here. just asking we're just raising <laughs> points for you guys to talk about on the after show that exists in your body and soul and on your instagram and on your instagram um love that so i mean i think it's a nice transition to all things beverly hills because yes. obviously we had something airing this week it some people call it an episode i call it a feeling um definitely happy happy. lucy it was not great and i feel like listen there's team lvp there's team everybody else and then there's like team quality tv and that's called team denise Team Denise is the happy ending that we Fuck, all Denise is good. deserve. She is the orgasm that everyone like. She is like they can be fighting about this dog on their sixth hour camping, oh and you can God. see her in the background staring off into space, remembering when like Charlie Sheen was on the cover oh of God. People magazine, revealing how he like you know tortures himself in front of her and for his sexual like, pleasure. The good old days. And she's I mean, like, yeah, she's like, she's like. God, I made it. I made it through the storm, baby. Denise Richards owning her sexuality and the confidence of her relationship wow. and saying, I he never had it. Why not find him a little happy ending? And all of these women who must be somewhere on the inside, so many of them, so deeply concerned about the state of their relationships, will their husbands ever leave them, their own sexuality. They're deeply unsatisfied. They're deeply unsatisfied. And you look at Denise Richards and that Cheshire cat grin and you're like, she's fucking thrilled. She's got it all. I don't know that she's thrilled, but I know that she's secure. And that is what's so awesome to see, especially on this franchise when so much of it is in this warm Barbara Walter Walters-esque light where it's this soft, super artificial glow like and of, like, of diamonds and, and rosé and Gucci and whatever. And really... And knowing what, that it's sitting on a house of cards. Right. That it's, it's literally either not real, aka Dorit and PK, or not enough which is essentially everybody else i mean lisa you can't throw more enough diamonds into the hole to fill the hole in her life like she has got everything ostensibly that she could ever want and she still doesn't seem to be very happy she's just one kitchen away from complete (laughs) emotional health friend of the show jordan Valu tweeted i hope that kit if that kitchen doesn't come out looking like the winchester mystery house (laughs) i'm gonna lose my mind and if you don't know what this house looks like It's a house in Wisconsin on a rock that was built by an insane man who just like kept building and building and building all different styles of houses. And then a house inside the house. There's a carousel. It goes underground. And it's one of the like. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I'm laughing so hard. It's like one of the like, like wonders of America, like Mount Rushmore. And it just keeps being built and maintained. There's instruments that play themselves. And it's like, we have been reconstructing this kitchen. I had to watch her dog pee on marble. If this kitchen doesn't look like the Taj Mahal. I it, it will never be enough. It will never be enough to excuse what's happened so far with Lisa and these women. It will never be enough of an inch of entertainment. The preview for next week being John Sessa back again to say how beautiful your fridge is. Kill me. Is so bad. It's frustrating and it's frustrating not just because I'm like 
fuck you for not figuring out a way to continue your job, but also fuck you to all of these women who decided that fun would be enough and let's not in any way get as shady as we were with LVP with, I don't know, fucking Dorit. Because we all know, and Dorit has acknowledged and watched what happens, that she was um, confronted by somebody who in a video of it went viral on Twitter calling her out for being and for for PK for being a grifter. And Dorit acknowledged on Watch What Happens when she was on recently how appreciative she is to the women for not bringing it up on camera. And I just want to say go fuck yourself to all of those women who decided to be nice. I'm tired of people being nice. I'm like, I need a little bit more. I, I got it. This yeah. is the real world. Stop being nice. Start getting real. Oh You're God. a real yes. housewife. Let yes. me see the reality of your life. It's the same problem with Lala. You can't just cut out a whole section of your life and decide to be a reality star. You are making a deal with the devil, the devil being us, where you will show us every aspect of your life and we will make you rich and famous. And I am sick of Lisa now has to pay the price. Great. Fine. That's what we all put signed up for. She signed up for it. You don't want to face the music that's too bad you're on a reality show it's the same thing for Dorit it's the same thing for all of them and it's like they they I'm not rooting for Camille in any capacity but if Camille had some kind of lawsuit going on you know they would all rise up to the occasion and fucking discuss it they will not talk why are they protecting her like what is do they all have some shady thing and they've all made a deal where they're like not going to bring up I don't know. Like, what are they protecting? Why isn't Lisa Rinna asking Dorit? Because they think what that it's the an, no. Because they've all decided. To, I'm sure there was a conversation about the fact that they are not going to bring up Dorit's shit on camera so that they can continue to focus on LVP. But the problem is, if yeah. LVP is not filming, yeah. then what the fuck? I think it's great that you spent six hundred dollars at a supermarket. I think that's adorable. That actually, I was like fine with. But like, what else is going on? Thank fucking god that Camille is there. Thank Whether- god she's pegging Fraser. Thank I mean, God. which by the way, I was like, are we now just like sexuality shaming him? Like I'm into her telling stories, yeah. but also like, I don't care enough about yeah. Frasier to like, there's been a lot of this. homophobia across the network this yeah, week. It hasn't been terrific. I mean, so when it comes to Camille, the, um, Teddy, mm-hmm. who are you holding accountable? Uh, Teddy. And I don't even like Camille, but I don't love Teddy, I think, is inserting herself into stuff, which is fine. But as Lisa Rinna would say, you got to own it. You can't be like, well, we're all concerned. It's like, no, you wanted to say something. Say something. Like, ball up. I also think Teddy, I'm getting a little sick of her fucking having not just an opinion, an opinion with the tone of like, okay, well, this is what it really is. And it's like, we all have opinions, baby. You might have a day job where you text people to work out, but that does not make your opinion like the final objective opinion because some of them are pretty askew. I think that when Camille looks at Teddy and when Camille listens to Teddy, Camille thinks to herself, I am an OG. Mm -hmm. So like whatever you're saying, I'm taking with of a next generation grain of salt. That's that's the Vicky Gumbelson syndrome. It's the Vicky Gumbelson. Exactly right. When Teddy looks at Camille, she thinks you're an OG, but I'm full time. I also think she thinks you're an insane person and I'm the voice of reason on the show, which if I was on one of those shows, say I was on a show with Sonia, I might not take her seriously because I'm like, you know, you're the kooky one. I'll be the voice of reason. And it's like, but you're not very reasonable or intelligent. So that's like not your role either. I agreed with a lot of what Teddy said, but I also understood that the way in which she was coming across, which is exactly what you're saying, where it's like so matter of fact that it could certainly make someone feel like you're you're 
essentially scolding into, me. Yeah, you're scolding them. I could see how that could come across and be annoying. So like with but I'm just glad that at least Camille is there. I'm just appreciative that there's some kind of tension that does feel real cuz I do think in real life Camille would be like I have so much more money than you have. I am so much more more well known and more famous. So go fuck yourself. Mhm. No, I absolutely, if I were Camille, I would. I also thought it was very interesting when we got into, like, Kyle, Teddy, Dorit of it all. Because they keep coming all together as friends, even though they have these tiffs and these fights. Mm -hmm. There'll be these little fights that I think are very revealing about the problems with the dynamic in the group. But then they keep coming together to sing Kumbaya because, and it's like Dorit, Teddy, Camille, Kyle are all ostensibly at each other's throats. It's only like Rinna and Erica that seem to have no issues with anybody this season. And maybe Denise. Um, They're all like, they would be at each other's throats if they didn't know that they wanted to get to a place where they all sang Kumbaya on the bus on the way home. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they knew they want to do that because it makes, it really ices out Lisa. And it's to the detriment of the whole show. Like, they think that they're solving the show by getting rid of her. But in fact, in the getting rid of her, they're like ruining what I find fascinating about the show. Yeah, I mean, upside is that Camille is rising from the ashes. We need yeah. her back. Yeah, we need her, her back. Both her home and LVP's, I don't know, full-time job. <laughs> um, we need her back. That's that's all I can say about that. Um, we need to talk about New York. This was the hardest thing I've ever had to watch on this network. And we watched, like, Vicky find out that her mom died. We watched, like, Taylor Armstrong's During husband kill himself. That game. What was it? Bunko or whatever? Yeah, Bunko. And my mom was super into Bunko at the time. So it was all hitting very hard. I have never hard. heard of it ever in my life. It's like a thing housewives get together and make. It's like a book club where, like, the book or the game doesn't really matter. Oh it's like God. we're getting drunk together. And our we husbands will leave. Sometime. I'd be into that. Um, so. This is the hardest thing I've ever watched. The end of this episode overshadowed everything else that happened in the episode. It was horrifying. Poor Bridie Birdie. Yeah. Birdie Bridie, if you are out there, I will buy you dinner or like or like take you to a movie. Shout out to her organization. Just hug. New York loves kids. Everybody donate. I can't because I'm going to Paris. But like, I you know, I do kids. She said in front of someone who just said that they were molested. You know, I do kids. Because it's not, these are not real people and real problems to these women. These are opportunities to speak at a sassy cocktail event. Ramona saying she was, Ramona saying she was so proud of herself for scheduling a date for this event. Like as an event producer, I was screaming on the inside. I watched the preview for it because. good for me. I gave you June 13th at 2 p.m. And 120 people. You're welcome. You owe me everything. (laughs) I'll never get that hour back. I watched the clip of it last week and I talked about this on last week's AG. It was genuinely as close to unwatchable as unwatchable can be for a different reason than like bad housewife stuff. Like not unwatchable like DC, not unwatchable like fascinating, but hard to look at. Like when I see people get plastic surgery on reality shows, it's fascinating. I cannot watch them break the nose. It and was, that was emotional nose I breaking. would even argue that I don't know that it was fascinating. I just genuinely think it was really horrifying. I watched this week's New York twice. I watched it last night and this morning. And the second time I watched it, I was like, okay, this is a little bit more palatable in the sense that it wasn't triggering me, but I just had such severe secondhand embarrassment for this woman and everyone else in the room. And I wondered to myself, the way that Sonia so quickly shaded 
Ramona, I felt like, is she doing that for the camera? Because it felt really organic. And Ramona's eyes when she was like, Stop, don't blah, 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 whatever, blah, blah, blah. Sonia. I don't think she did it for the camera, but I think Ramona thought. I think Ramona's eyes and her response looked like she had a little bit of humor. But when the Dorinda stuff started yep. happening, that was incredibly real. And that's what made it so unwatchable because Dorinda was genuinely being so monstrously disrespectful to this woman, as was Ramona. And Dorinda interrupting Ramona and Birdie Bridie and lecture essentially what she was doing was lecturing her. She was telling her how to tell her story as a survivor. And as a survivor, the absolute most important thing is that you feel secure and safe in your body and in control of telling your story. And if Dorinda felt like Birdie Bridie was forgetting something, how does Dorinda know that that wasn't on purpose? It felt like a complete betrayal of this woman's story. And it her, felt, her autonomy, which is the yeah, thing that we're talking about. It felt it was just so cruel, even if it was inadvertent. And I do not which is why I'm not a Real Housewife of New York. I do not understand how you cannot, when you're in front of people in cameras, how you don't see how you're behaving is horrific. And there are ways in which they behave where they know that they're playing it up and stuff. But that ending part with Dorinda and Ramona felt so real and so awful. I don't want to say gacked off her face. I don't want to say coked up. Oh I don't want to say, you yeah, know, She was definitely skiing. a little drunk. She had the Dorinda O'Clock voice. I don't want to say nose candy. I'm not. Frankly, I didn't say any of those things. I said I didn't want to say them. <laughs> what I will say is that she had the exact same expression, tone in her voice, um, yes. intention as Giovanni, Giovanni. That's exactly right. Or the, you know, every, every time we've seen her mad, I, I'll just, I could list the nutcracker. Every time the plane, every time we've seen her, or um, when she was going on that uh, trip to Puerto Rico, every time we've seen that blind Dorinda rage, I don't know what it is. It's like a different person. It's like a different personality. Like Dorindo comes out. And oh, that's exactly right. She's like, Giovanni, Giovanni. Or like, don't tell me what to say. Okay, never tell me what to Bridie is talking about like being like abused. Sexually assaulted. And you're like, how about you never interrupt me again? How about that? It's like, it's so ugly. It's it's maybe the ugliest thing I've seen like come out of a housewife. Um or or maybe the biggest distance between who they are at their best and who they are at their worst. Yeah. And it makes it so hard to watch her. I found the Giovanni like cat calling kind of hard to watch. Because Luann was clearly like having some kind of victory. And this is the similar thing. This woman is like having a moment where she's using her pain to help people. And she can't even see it. Because she's like in this blind rage. It's so ugly. And you know, I I definitely think like Luann clearly has a lot going on. And we could like go into depth about it. Bethany's got an emotional, (sighs) is an emotional onion. um, And also, you know. Uh, like one flavor but like I it's tough with Dorinda because it's just so I don't even know where to begin because I'm like who the fuck is this it's like a different woman don't you feel like when you're looking at her and she's in that blind rage it's just someone yeah, else she, yeah, it's no, not like it part of the rest of it, the Dorinda no. hole that we know and she's in such disbelief that that part of herself exists let alone that it can be triggered by it's her dark passenger. It is her dark passenger and it can be triggered by drugs and alcohol. Sure. But it can also be triggered by just inherent rage that she has in her body. And it, it just, 
it was rough. I just, I, it was just honestly rough. There were parts of this week and I'm so appreciative for it. Cause it was like giving me something like this week's episode. I was like, thank God, especially after Beverly Hills. I was yeah, like, thank ugh. fucking God. This feels like good New York, but nobody's making s'mores. Oh my God. I, it just, her daughter too. I was like, her daughter is kind of just got a lot going on. Oh, I thought her daughter was being great. I think she's great, but she's just, there's a lot of weird energy and a lot of like pathos. Yeah. And she's definitely told herself a story about yep. herself and her mother and yeah, their lives. Totally. Just fascinating to watch someone illustrate that so quickly. Oh. And, you know, like a few minutes we were, I was like, wow, you have painted this whole portrait of both of your lives for yourself. Um, Speaking of painting a portrait. There's something I want to touch on, which is a satchel of gold that Greg Bennett did not send into me, but he sent it through Twitter. So I am taking it for myself. Greggy Bennett tweeted, Bethany and Lou is the darkest dynamic on the show because Lou reminds her of her mother, a narcissistic alcoholic. She always tries to help who always lets her down. Best show on TV. Wow. You really prospected that that nugget of gold out because that is a nugget of gold. Isn't that so good? Yeah. And, and that's the reason that she was so mean to Jules too, was that Jules had eating stuff, which is but Beth- tr- the same mom stuff. Bethany is having such an amazing season again this week. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so fucking obsessed. And, and she's back. Bethany. She's back. She, the bee is back. This is the season where the bee is officially back. I, I don't know so who that was. I'm pretending it didn't happen. Beth, we'll call her Beth. We'll we, call did, her- we didn't like Beth. She wasn't a good housewife, <laughs> but B- if it can be back. Doris, then Beth B is back and Beth is dead. So um, rest in peace, Dennis. So I just have to say. Did you think over the top was a was a dig? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was a dig. I don't trust anything that Luann says. That's the only reason I did. If someone, anyone had texted me that, I would have said, oh, they meant it as a compliment. No. With Luann, trust your I source. don't know. Trust your source. <laughs> the, the editor's production hates her, which is great for us. <laughs> the best of Luann being a cunt was like fucking amazing because I will never forget that surfing trip and Luann thinking because Bethany suggested as an activity that Bethany, who was genuinely broke at that point should pay and then bringing it up and making fun of her in that Hamptons restaurant for having her like skinny girl girl wrapped Volkswagen bug or whatever the fuck it was was when she said to Carol you know not to meet the kids although you won't because you don't have any (laughs) Luann bringing up repeatedly that Bethany doesn't need to be home to watch Bryn sleep because Luann is used yeah. to having a live-in housekeeper so that Luann can genuinely stay in the city while her kids live in the Hamptons and is telling Bethany what parenting should look like. And then in the scene for next week, is like, I am also a parent. You don't have to tell me when it's like, you're a parent, but were you ever a caregiver? I don't know. Yeah. And were you, you a mother? W- did you ever, most importantly, as a retired nanny, did you ever have staff who didn't work 24-7? Because Bethany was exactly right for saying, I have to relieve my babysitter. Yeah. Bryn's not going to be kiki on Halloween night at 1130 with mommy. Hopefully but not. But someone has to be in the apartment. But someone ideally should be in the apartment. And Bethany said to her housekeeper, I'll be, or not her housekeepers, or whoever, whoever the fuck it was. It yeah, doesn't babysitter, matter. Babysitter, housekeeper. Yeah. City, whatever. She said to that person, I'll be back and had to return home. Like Luann holding that against her. Luann also, so what Bethany has gone through for Bryn and the fact that Bethany has a right. bodyguard slash driver to take her to court dates because her husband is so abusive. 
if she gets four days a week with Bryn, five days a week, whatever it is. And she has to film. And wants to know that her daughter is safe. I'm sorry. Just shut the fuck up. It's it, a little girl. It's not like a 20-year-old. Victoria's fine. Victoria can be around the apartment. What are you talking about? Victoria sued her. So maybe let's not talk about <laughs> mommy dearest right now because there's a lot of emotional wire hangers yeah. lurking in that circular house upstate as well as her Sag Harbor abode. I just think that Luann is very angry at herself for allowing herself to be so vulnerable against uh, around someone. She hates someone. being humbled. She hates being humbled. She has no ability to recover from that except wielding insults as power and this is she's listen she's proving her worth and importance on the show every time she fucks up but the women also are not going to pretend Sonia's not going to pretend Bethany's not going to pretend talking about delusions of grandeur and the fact that she's surrounded by groupies and then showing those groupies in scenes although I will say they they edited Ben Rimmelauer was talking about her sobriety with Bethany and trying to explain like what a trigger is and the fact that like this is maybe a bad environment, but Luann, ha- you know, has made the choice that if she's going to screw up, it's not going to be about having alcohol around. It'll be about emotional triggers or whatever. And that is 100% true for an- uh, someone else in my life who is an ad- in recovery. And Ben has been in recovery and does one man shows and has written about his recovery yeah. extensively. And without the context of like, Ben is maybe one of the most supportive and knowledgeable persons about addiction that I know in my personal life. Without the context of that in the show, it made him look more like a hanger-on groupie like than he is. I'm sure those people exist around her, and we've seen them. But it was a little shady to make that person Ben. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was a little like, come on. I mean, listen, she has... In the new, I'm very, I'm going to try to be sensitive for what I'm trying to say. She has relapsed and she did it at a cabaret. So let's not pretend that the cabaret isn't harmful to her sobriety. And as much as I agree with her, it's my super. Do you mind answering the door? Yeah. Um, Guys, we're about to say hi to Fabio. Um, Fabi, I'm recording a podcast. I'll be back. We're going to, I'll come back and see you later. I'll come back. Oh. Okay, got it. Thank you. Okay, we don't have water in our apartment. Everything's fine. I'm going to Paris. I'm leaving it in a uh, crypt. Um, I have cursed you. <laughs> you have. You through have. insulting a witch, a gay witch, so thoroughly. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But what I was saying was, as much as they can say that it's not about the location of the cabaret triggering her as much as other stuff going on in it her life. It can be both. It can be both. And she's my- surrounded by people who have a financial um stake stake in this cabaret continuing and it's disingenuous to suggest otherwise now as far as who is looking the other way it's so ultimately Luann's responsibility that it's not even funny like ultimately Luann has to be if she is going to try to be sober for the rest of her life or just getting through the day we all need to recognize that ultimately if she wants to put herself in really uncomfortable environments that um, put her sobriety at risk, because we know that that's happening because she just relapsed, then that's on Luann. But we still sort of need to acknowledge that she's surrounded by yes sure, people. Sure, but there, she's in New camera. York City. She is a real housewife. There's alcohol everywhere. My fiance is in recovery. He has done a fantastic job. He needs to go to work dinners like three nights a week. He goes on work trips constantly where he stays in Airbnbs with his coworkers who drink. He is 
He hangs out with me. I drink. He, you know, he's surrounded by it. But the times when he has screwed up or relapsed way in the past, it's like it was there's alcohol is always available. It was a circumstance where alcohol was in front of you on top of a pile of other triggers and work that you weren't doing and um, and bad patterns that had been you'd fallen back into. I think alcohol is always everywhere. I don't know that she needs to not be in a cabaret, but I do think if you're going to be in like if you're going to be a starving lion at the zoo, you need a handler with you or some kind of rules Wait, in place. Have we haven't seen coach? we haven't seen any safeguards. She needs a sober coach. She needs to know that backstage will have no alcohol. She needs like somebody to, to be accountable to and maybe we can get Teddy on a text message. I to mean, keep yeah, maybe the man can pay $600 a minute or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Goddamn, Teddy is fucking getting in her pocket. It just, it makes me, I feel like I'm grateful that Sonia and Bethany are having these scenes where they're talking about what I think a lot of viewers are seeing, which is Luann in a completely insane, on like a crazy ride right now. Like she's in the she's middle. She's going through her cycle. This is what she does. She gets... She, the, she likes the middle, but she gets real manic towards the end of this cycle. And at the beginning is the crash and she's going through the motions and she, I don't think she's hit her rock bottom. Frankly, she doesn't see this. She isn't seeing the cycle for what it is, which is like, I get apologetic. I, I try to fix my life. I put the pieces together. I live every single day slowly. Then I get excited that everything's going well. So I take more stuff on and I'm very excited and fuck her. And like, I'm all up on my big britches. I got it all back together, baby. I'm looking good. I'm doing my cabaret shows. Oh, maybe I can have a drink and I'll have a drink. Then it's all, oh, then it's a ripping bender that crashes and she makes huge mistakes and then we're back at apologies and she's in her cycle without seeing it for what it is and but the other women are starting to say like this is a pattern like this is behavioral patterns that you're in this is a cycle that you're in and like we don't want to go on the ride with you anymore Luann like you want to go on this roller coaster go right ahead but stop pulling us on with you because we don't like being on a roller coaster 24 7. And it's like sometimes the roller coaster is like slow because it's going up that curve or whatever. But nobody wants to be on one because they know where it's going. No, you're totally right. I, I it's I was shocked at how she behaved this week. And again, I'm appreciative for her being on the show. But like, I wonder how she watches these episodes because, you know, she's watching them. Does she watch them? And she is she so narcissistic? She's and narcissistic. It's rose colored glasses. But she's like able to see it. As I'm on TV, I'm a big star. They're going to turn on me because they're jealous. And she's not able to, like, take in. Because uh, we know. She sees herself singing with Natalie Cole. And she doesn't hear right. bad singing. She goes, I worked with Natalie Cole. Boat. She got the yacht. On a boat. On my TV show. And I look great. And that's what she takes away from it. And, like, may we all have a fraction of that. But not all of it. Because then you start ignoring some things that maybe... When she fell in the bushes, she was, like, iconic. She didn't think, like, mortifying. No, she sold tote bags and She mugs. made a song. <laughs> She's making a song about Giovanni. I cannot <laughs> wait to buy that song. I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to stream it. I'm going to buy it so I can own it forever. Okay, um, we have to talk about Potomac before we yes, skidoodle let's and I go get on quickly. a plane to Paris. I went to Oz. It, tell us in 20 seconds. Incredible. Amazing. I told the staff. Uh, someone I was there with is a, f- a close friend of Ashley, so I told her and told the staff to tell her. It blows Villa Blanca, sir. Tom Tom? Tom Tom, it might be. They're different beasts. This yeah. is. I went for their brunch. It was delicious. The drinks were great. The wait staff was hot as fuck. The place is cute in a good location. And it's $35 for unlimited everything on the menu all day. 
Um, Live music. I hope she gets it when they, in the divorce, when they split up. I was like, and you could tell all her touches were the reasons why it was working. I was like, Ashley might have some talent in her. I was fascinated by the fact that Michael, who doesn't want to talk about prenups and stuff on camera, allowed himself to lick whipped cream off her tit. That was tough. Every time a housewife has sex on camera or like approaches the topic, it's like, like they're like Tamara and Eddie in that bath. Tamara and Eddie, um, um, Margaret, Ramona and who Mario, I love Margaret, Margaret and Joe sex taking a in shower. the morning stuff. I mean, I, it's not great. It's not great. It t- says to me, what are you hiding? And then boom, boom, law and order style two months later arrested mm-hmm. for some sort of groping situation now she's pregnant i'm like oh a band-aid baby listen the brunch is great (laughs) but a band-aid baby it's not terrific is what it is it's not i speaking of not terrific candace (laughs) so kristen chenoweth on watch what happens live said i think on the after show that she understood where candace's mom was coming from because she said you know i'm adopted and i understand that that can be like with her with her adoptive parents obviously her parents the only people that have ever her family her entire life since she was a week a week old she understands the way candace's mom responded because it can trigger something Although I think it's slightly different in the sense that Candace's mom, it triggers anger she has against her ex-husband. And so hearing Candace say that she has... She's not over someone cheating on her no, 40 years ago. And she thinks it is the the love child's fault. She is angry a, also, at a 40-year-old. She's a doctor. She is a I know. therapist. Isn't that so crazy? I know. That's what I keep thinking. Like, and she's obviously very successful. She's able to Imagine afford supporting Mama her. Imagine Joyce was a psychiatrist. No, it would be it would be fucking insane. And I watch that, and I look at Candace, who is obviously in so much pain, and also so deeply unwilling to remove herself from the financial support that her mom provides. I think it's an abusive relationship, like a ma- like an abusive marriage. I yeah. Think no, she I think truly it's a is in cycle. a cycle, and she doesn't know how to live without the means she's accustomed to and she doesn't know if it's worth it and maybe she kind of deserves it a little and her mom's a little right so she goes about it wrong but she has good intentions and she loves me and I don't want to lose my house it's ugly and it's a perfect example of like money can't buy you happiness it can't and I also because that house I would think would make me real happy (laughs) how does Chris factor in to all of this he was talking to her about their relationship I don't understand why her partner is not insisting that she remove herself from being financially dependent on someone I think he likes the money and he also what he values in a partner might not be emotional support and stability and like sort of self-actualization and independence he might value that she's hot and is providing him with a nice house and now he can pull his life together i don't dislike him i don't dislike him either i, I don't think those are horrible priorities i just think it's it's Lala counterproductive and it's short term yeah it's a little lala rand so like maybe longer term you need to you know f- facilitate like if you actually love your wife on top of those other concerns you need to like facilitate like you maybe if your mom won't go to therapy with you because she thinks she's the therapist she doesn't need it maybe you go to therapy and find some like other techniques and we you know ex- start extricating ourselves from the situation um whose side are you on Giselle v Karen 
I think everything Giselle said about Karen is true. But when Giselle's kids said, but have you been nice to Karen? I was like, but she has not. <laughs> I, I worship Giselle. She's stunning. Her business is amazing. Oh God, She's I funny. So much. I truly, that you met her is, I'm, I'm incredible Hulk green with jealousy. And I've talked to her. I for, love her. I mean, I've interviewed her on AG. She was amazing. And I hope to interview her again. And when I saw her at the Bravo Holics event and, you know, I interviewed her. I asked, actually asked her some follow-up questions about Katie that I didn't include in the app, but she was definitely like, yeah, we were really, because I felt like there wasn't a lot of new information aside from like, we were really yeah. troubled. And maybe Katie needs some a, time a away. A tea out. She needs a time out. Yeah. Um, she needs to take a 10, as uh, people say in the real t- retail world. Um, I just, <laughs> I think that sure, she's been shady to Karen in the past. And I think she will probably continue to be. And this is not the same kind of relationship that she has with Robin, where it's like a sisterhood. It's not yeah. just friends, your family. And Robin can take a little light ribbing. Ashley Darby can certainly take some like silly little funny tongue in cheek insults. Giselle went the hardest, the most tongue poking through cheek with Karen and, and Karen can't take it. Karen thinks it's a challenge. Karen, Karen thinks it's take, a challenge it's for real. her imaginary throne, which yes. she's never actually had. But, it but let her in- sit in her little chair and call it a throne. Yeah, Why not? It makes her happy. Totally. The Black Bell Gates told her it was like pulled from the set of Game of Thrones. So he's Her like, in that go, empty sweetie. house not knowing how to work the oven while Matt and his flip-flops sweet in the other room. She couldn't even take a call in front of him because she was worried he might overhear something. Bringing her a fancy <laughs> bag of gifts that she 100% gave him right before they started filming the scene and said give this to me so that it looks like something that it is absolutely not was... It was great. I mean, I thought the premiere was fantastic. But it's the thing of, Giselle, you should probably talk to Karen out of concern as a friend. And when I'm not saying lower the drama, I'm saying, your kids asked you if you've been nice to her, and you haven't. (laughs) No, you're totally right. I mean, what did you think of the premiere? Great. I'm happy to be back in Potomac. It is smooth. I'm so happy to be back. They're so It's like a white Russian. You're just like, this is very specific. It's very different than everything else, but it is smooth. It is satisfying. I got a little buzz going on. I really, I, I don't need to watch Robin's ass get massaged anymore. Um, but other than that, it was, it's good to be back. It feels really good to be back. I want a fake billboard in Times Square, much like the one that Karen had that just says. <laughs> that was wild. Thank you for talking. It was not a billboard. It, no, was, it was like a digital ad. that she- Which cost. It could cost you maybe like 400 bucks if you bought one second. Like it, so, you buy time. So they so. took that alone. And they took one Snapchat picture and they were like, I have a billboard. In and the billboard was advertising that a not currently non-existing fragrance is coming soon. That a is, fashion show with no fashions. It is literally How a dreadful. fashion show without fashions, except it's not actually an event. It is a, a fragrance with no digital. smell. <laughs> Who's going to buy that? I mean, listen. Oh, I, I will. <laughs> I know. I was about to say, who's going to buy it? Well, I bought Damien Bellino, Vicky Gumbelson's perfume, which you could smell through the package. And it's horrible. Horrible. So I will be first in line for. Oh, yeah. Uh, do what the fuck. A stanky bottle. I'm going to be right up first in line, excited to wait. spray it all over my body. And then people say, what do you smell like? I'm going to say. Karen Huger, queen of Potomac. And God bless to her. Ryan Houlihan, this was such a pleasure. We have to wrap because I have to hop on a PJ to Paris. We're going to wrap this like my hand. Ava- 
<laughs> Pills for everybody. Um, guys, follow Ryan Houlihan at Ryan Houlihan on everything. Yeah, you're adults. You know what to do. I mean, Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. I know that you guys sent me about 750 satchels of gold, so I'm going to respond to those after this goes up while I'm at the airport. So definitely go to my um, Insta because I'll have some story answers and responses and stuff for you. If you live in the London area this Sunday, May 12th, 7 p.m., it's not too late at disrepute oh yes in soho um rsvp you are welcome to bring your friends and foes alike um rsvp at uh andy's girls show at gmail.com that is andy's girls show at gmail.com um if you've slid into my dms to let me know you're coming i think that's amazing but i need an email so i can keep track of y'all and disrepute needs to know the numbers um this was such a pleasure ryan obsessed with you glad we could continue our tradition of kikiing right before i hop on a jet um, I'm glad I didn't bleed anywhere. I'm glad I met Margaret Josephs and went to Oz. It's been a quite a, a quite quite a run. Hopefully, I'll have some. Uh, hopefully, I'll have some more insane stories for you the next time I come on the show. I yeah. love hanging with you. I love hanging with you. And guys, we like y'all as well. Hope you enjoyed this week, and we'll um, keep with you again soon. Au revoir.